Welcome to the Bayshore Podcast. As listeners each week, whether through iTunes or through the church app, you're part of our church family. We would love for you to share stories of how Bayshore is impacting your life by sending us an email at amen at bayshorecc.org. As always, you can find all kinds of information and content on our website, bayshorecc.org. There's also our church app, which you could download by going to bayshorecc.org slash app. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we hope that today's message is a blessing to you. Well, welcome again to Sunday at Bayshore Community Church. We want to welcome all of our listeners tuning in on Facebook Live this morning. If you're listening on the podcast or watching us on the church app, uh, we're grateful that you join in every week, and uh, we're excited that you join us. Best way to experience Bayshore, everybody, as you know, is here live and in person, but uh, the next best thing is uh, Facebook Live or through the app. So thank you uh, for joining us each and every week. Um, my name's Jeremy. As I said earlier, I'm one of the pastors here, and um, Pastor Danny's taking a little break this week, and so they let me get up and share every once in a while. Um, we've been in this great series uh, called The Church where we're studying and walking through the book of Acts. Anybody else? I mean, I just really enjoyed this series and just uh, the ability to kind of connect the dots as we walk through and, and, and find out what the early church, how it was formed and how it functioned and, and, and take away and apply that to our lives. And so this morning I get to kind of continue in the book of Acts and uh, the story that we're going to look at today, honestly, uh, there's some odd parts to it. I remember as a young uh, man, as a young believer, uh, as a teenager even, uh, of reading this passage and being a little uh, confused with it, of being a little, uh, uh, I didn't quite understand everything that was going on. So to kind of uh, explain that to you, I thought the best place to start is just simply to read it this morning. So we're in the book of Acts, as we said, in chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 26. And let's just read through this passage all the way to verse 40 together. It says this, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch. An important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kindake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture, and he told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, 
And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave the orders to stop the chariot. Then Philip, the eunuch, and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So, we read this passage, and if you're like me, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but my brain, the way it works, there are two things in this passage I think we need to lay out on the table right from the beginning, because until uh, I was able to kind of understand these two things, I could never kind of get beyond uh, 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 anything to actually hear what this passage is talking about, right? And so I get stuck on these two things, and, and I just can't, I can't move past it. So, so I want to get them out on the table. And number one this morning, I think we need to, to acknowledge is eunuch. Okay, so I, first service, I took this for granted that everybody would kind of know what the word eunuch means. And so I don't want to do that with you. I think it's, it's an important thing. And so I would suggest right now, I, 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 can I get a show of hands of people who know what the word eunuch means? Uh, okay, right now. So here's what I would suggest. Just so I'm going to give you a second. You can either risk Googling the word eunuch, although I wouldn't suggest it in church, or you could just simply ask someone around you very quickly. If you're not sure what the word eunuch is, go ahead and ask somebody. That way uh, you know what we're talking about here. Because for me, when I read this word in this passage, I'm kind of like, why in the world do we need to know that this guy's a eunuch? Like, how is that relevant to the story? Like, I just don't get it. Like, what is, why is it in there? And here's the thing. Like, I start feeling bad for this guy, right? Like, not only did this terrible thing happen, right? But now it's immortalized in the Bible, like, and for, for all of eternity, he's going to be known as the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Can you just imagine this? He gets guys in heaven, and he's like walking around meeting people in heaven, and suddenly he goes up to somebody, hey, how you doing? Great to meet you. Oh, nice. Well, I, I'm the Ethiopian. No, 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 no. The one, the one that Philip baptized. Yes, the eunuch. Right? Like that's his, 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 all of eternity. That's what he's going to be doing. And it just doesn't seem relevant to this story. And then, you know, so I got to wondering about that. And so I did a little more research. And, and, and here, which is maybe even worse, right? Like you, you, you study this. During that time, there was a, a, a translation uh, of this word that actually meant chief officer. Chief officer officer, which is very different. And so for me, like, I, this may be worse. I think quite literally what the passage wants us to know here is like, this guy was important. He was essentially the CEO of Ethiopia. He ran things for the queen, right? So, so this translation literally means CEO and now somehow not what we originally think of the word Eunuch. And so, like, can you imagine that conversation? Like, so now instead of, like, uh, being in heaven and, and always saying that, like, at some point, every conversation that you have for the rest of eternity is going to include you going, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> right? 
And so I just, you know, for me, I read this passage and I feel bad for this guy. I think he got a raw deal here. (laughs) Either way, I think it's kind of tough. And then I think the other thing that we need to acknowledge here is that there is teleportation in the Bible. Right? So my 12-year-old mind, I'm pretty excited that there's teleportation in the Bible because quite honestly, it gives me a little bit of hope, right? Like, like I, I, but the thing is, right, like I'm so excited that there's teleportation in the Bible, but you don't really know how to like deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, is it okay to pray for teleportation? You know what I'm saying? Is it okay to ask God to teleport you somewhere? Am I the only one who ever wanted to just snap his fingers and be somewhere else? How amazing would that be? And it's in the Bible, So there's a chance that it could happen. And then I'm thinking about it, right? I get hung up on it. I'm like, okay, well, how did this exactly happen, right? Was it like Star Trek style? Did he kind of break up into a bunch of little light particles and zip off and then reform somewhere, right? Did he apparate like Harry Potter style, right? Or suddenly he's like the wind and he just takes off? Is it, you know, uh, did he, did did God kind of give him a heads up, right? Like, you know, hey, Philip. Hold on to your shorts, buddy. Like, it's getting ready to happen. Did God give him a heads up, right? Did he get nauseous, you know? Did he see the wormhole? Did he see the multidimensional? Was uh, Matthew McConaughey there, right? Like, all of these questions I have about this teleportation thing. So as we begin today, it's important we get that out on the table. First off, eunuch, not as we would think it means. But he's the chief officer, okay? And this teleportation thing, I think it's okay to pray for, right? It's okay if you want to pray for teleportation. If it happens to you, I would appreciate being the first one you call because I have a lot of questions about that. But as we look at this passage, I do think that there are three things that we could quickly just pull out of this passage that I think if we'll apply to our lives, could have a major impact on how we live and how we uh, impact those Around us. So if you're taking notes today, point number one I want to share with you is to always be learning. Always be learning. When we look at this passage, we see that God spoke to Philip, right, multiple occasions, and he told Philip where to go. He said, get on this road, the desert road, and just start walking towards Gaza. And then once he saw the chariot, God was like, just go get close to the chariot. And that was pretty much all the instructions that God gave to Philip, right? But there was clearly something that Philip already possessed. There was a knowledge, there was information, there was learning in him that he already possessed that he was able to impart to the Ethiopian that was able to help him understand. And so Philip didn't know what he was going to be sharing. Philip didn't know what he needed to talk about. And so this knowledge was already in Philip. He had already learned it, and God used this moment to allow him to share that and to impact this Ethiopian. And so we always need to be learning. We always need to be seeking to understand the Bible in deeper, more meaningful ways. We always need to be understanding and trying to learn more about the character of our Heavenly Father, we always need to be growing in our relationship and knowledge of God. And it never ends, right? There's never a stopping point with that. That's a lifelong process. Always 
learning. You know, this is one of the reasons that I love our pastor. Pastor Danny, uh, by many standards, is a very successful leader. He's had a successful, thriving church for decades. Um, he is one of the wisest men that, in, that I know, one of the most learned men that I know, most educated men that I know. And yet every three months, pastor will tell me about a new class that he just signed up for. He'll tell me about a new postgraduate theological something that he's learning, some new ancient language that he's trying to learn and study so that he can better understand the Bible and better understand uh, our Heavenly Father. And so if anybody can sit back and rest on not learning more about the Bible, it's Pastor Danny, and he's not stopping. And so I love that about our pastor, that he's constantly wanting to grow and constantly wanting to learn because he knows, he understands this principle that, that someday he could be in a situation where there's knowledge that he has that he could share and it could impact somebody's life and it could drastically change the trajectory of their life. Drastically. So we should always, always be learning. You know, a side note to that really is too, like it's important to know that, that there's a difference between knowledge and understanding, right? Knowledge and understanding. When I was uh, uh, in Sunday school, I would learn Bible verses, right? And the Bible verses uh, I would memorize pretty much to get some candy or to get a prize. And so I had a knowledge of those verses at that time. I had a knowledge of them and I could quote them, but it wasn't until later on in life where I began to understand how those verses apply to my life, how those verses bring me hope, how those verses bring me promises of God. And so there's a difference between knowledge and understanding. You know, uh, I've had to teach three of my children so far how to drive, and there's a knowledge that every 16-year-old child has that they think they know how to drive a car, right? Anybody else been there? Every 16-year-old thinks they know everything they will ever need to know about how to operate a vehicle, uh, at least in my experience. And so um, there's a big difference of knowing, having the knowledge of how to operate a vehicle, and then having an understanding, an in-depth understanding of a vehicle like, like a NASCAR driver might have, where they can feel how the car operates, and they can feel if the alignment's properly. They can feel if the brakes are working properly. And there's a, there's a deeper understanding uh, that they have. And so there's a difference between simply uh, having knowledge of something and having a deeper understanding. And so we should always be seeking to learn and to move into a deeper understanding uh, and a deeper, uh, meaningful understanding. You know, that's why uh, we encourage everybody to read through the Bible once a year. Every time you read through the Bible, no matter how many times you've done it, you're going to learn something new. You're going to understand it at a deeper level. And, and so some people can quote the Bible, right? But there's, a, there's an understanding that takes place. And that's what we're, sh- we're shooting for, to always be learning and always moving towards uh, uh, under, un- understanding. Um, you know, I think uh, for me, I think it's, we talk about learning, I think it's time we live in a day and an age also where uh, there aren't really any excuses anymore to why we can't learn. In most of your pockets this morning, there is more information uh, at your fingertips than uh, most people had in entire lives. And um, there are things uh, like uh, podcasts 
and audio books. You know, for me, uh, I, I hate to read. Just be honest. Like, if you hand me a, a paper book and I start reading it, I'm such a slow reader and my mind will start wandering, and then the wandering makes me read slower, which makes me wander more, and I'll sit and I'll look at a page for an hour and have somewhat read, but have no understanding of what I read. I hate reading. And so, um, you know, there used to be this, this mantra in leadership in the church that leaders are readers, and I always felt terrible about that statement until uh, last year, uh, Pastor Joel, he's our Rehoboth campus pastor, and he said he, that he changed that, that saying because he didn't like to read either. And now he just says that, that leaders are learners. And the truth is, in the day and age that we live, we have no excuses of why we can't pursue knowledge and, and pursue understanding because it is available everywhere. Audio books allow you to listen to books instead of read them. And I get to listen to them at, you can listen to them at twice the speed. So what I do is I put it on in my ears while I'm driving. And so I'm accomplishing two things at once and I feel like I'm doing it at like hyper speed, right? So I'm driving and I'm listening to a book at twice the speed and I feel like the most efficient person in the world at that moment. And I can focus and listen and retain that information. And so I love that. Uh, podcast. There are millions upon millions of podcasts that you can, on any topic, learn and and grow in your knowledge and understanding of just about anything you want to. And so podcasts, again, you're at the gym, you got a podcast in your ear, whatever it is, it's right there at your fingertips. Um, YouTube, listen, I'm going to be honest, YouTube has taught me pretty much everything I know in my entire life because whatever it is. You search it, and there's a video of somebody teaching you how to do it, right? We have no excuses. There's no excuses for us not to be able to learn. There's time. You can, uh, you can do it in multiple different ways. So stop making excuses. Pursue knowledge. Pursue understanding. Always be learning. Always be learning. Number two, second thing I want to share with you this morning is that we should always be sharing. Always be sharing. Now, earlier this year uh, in around February, my wife and I had an amazing opportunity that was given to us to uh, uh, have two first-class plane tickets to anywhere in the world. It was amazing. It was an unbelievable gift. Uh, my wife's cousin works for an airline and gifted us those tickets and it was, it was honestly a magical trip that we were able to take. We flew to Brussels, Belgium. We stayed in Belgium for two nights, I think, then took a train to Paris, France. And uh, an amazing, amazing time. And uh, while we were there, uh, we met uh, this mother and her daughter. And uh, uh, we'd actually, the way we met was, you know, if, I don't know, if you've ever been to the Eiffel Tower, uh, they cram as many people as they can into this elevator. I mean, there's like 40 people in like what feels like a five by five square space. It's just, they cram you in there. And literally, I'm standing right in front of this uh, probably 80-year-old lady who's all done up in fur and like fine jewelry and all done up. And like I had just gotten off like a a uh, three-hour train ride and I don't know, I look like uh, a bum. And we're literally just like nose to nose and what what do you do? And so we just kind of struck up a conversation and uh, come find out, they, she had an English accent, so I was like, oh, so you're from America, and she started talking, and so uh, her daughter was there, and she was talking with my wife, and so we just struck up this conversation, we were talking about 
while we were there. They, this was our first trip, obviously, to Paris. This was like their 20th trip to Paris. And, and so we were just talking. And we got to the top of the Eiffel Tower. We got off, and, and that was it. You know, we didn't see them. Well, a couple of days later, we were at the Louvre Museum where the Mona Lisa is. And, um, you know, again, if you've, if you've been to Paris and you've been to Louvre, it is massive. And I, I love art. I love probably a strong work. I like art and uh, can appreciate art. My wife really loves art. But honestly, this place is like five stories and miles and miles and miles of exhibits. And like after like this hour or two, I mean, like everything just looks the same to me. I mean, it does. It literally, I just, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And I'm just, you know. And so uh, at some point around hour two, we ran into this mother and daughter again. And so we're like, oh, hey, you know, we know somebody. How weird is this? And, and so come to find out the mother was a professor of art at a university. And so from the next hour to two hours, she took us around and she showed us all of these interesting facts about the art. And she helped explain, like, the difference uh, uh, in the, the age of the art and how this happened during this era and this was more during this era and all this great information. It took us to some of her favorite artists and showed us some of her favorite paintings and all these different things. And, and by her sharing her knowledge, like this experience of us at this museum was far beyond what we could have ever imagined or been able to accomplish on our own. And so it was her willingness to share that that did it. Now, my wife got to talking with uh, the daughter, and uh, during that time, we were experiencing some, some staff changes here at the church, and you know, I was trying to figure out some accounting stuff, and we used this software called QuickBooks, right, which is a pretty common software. So we used this software called QuickBooks, and I was trying to learn that, and I was having some issues learning it, and uh, you know, it's just uh, a big thing. Well, come to find out, my wife, as she was getting to know the daughter, she is married to the CEO of QuickBooks. True story. Married to the CEO of QuickBooks, and she literally pulls out a card and says, hey, if you have any issues at all, call my husband. He'd be glad to help you with QuickBooks. So we went all the way to Paris, and from this lady's willingness to share her story and share with us her knowledge, I could have called the CEO of QuickBooks. I did not call the CEO of QuickBooks because... Uh, I was determined to figure it out myself, but it was a possibility. And then also, as we got to talking, like, they had been to Paris 20 times. We had been there once. They told us all the great restaurants to go to, where to eat, all that good stuff. And so here's the point I'm getting at here. These people had a knowledge. They had an experience. And so just being willing to share that completely changed our experience while we were in Paris. We would have never been able to experience the museum the way we did because of what they showed us. We would have never found the restaurants uh, on our own that they suggest that we go to. And so the willingness to share was so valuable to us and completely changed our experience. And so I believe that in this passage, God you know, instructed Philip to go and, and, and Philip recognized in that moment there was an opportunity to share. Again, God didn't tell Philip to go and what to say or what exactly he needed to say in that moment. Philip recognized an opportunity, understood that he had the knowledge 
to share, and he did so. He chose to share in that moment. Verse 29 is where we find this. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then it was Philip. Philip, after he ran to the chariot, heard the man reading the uh, prophet Isaiah and, and said, do you understand what you are reading? Philip had the knowledge and he was willing to share. Now, uh, if I'm honest, this is, this is an area as I was studying and I was preparing for this. I mean, I'm not good at this. Like, I'm just not. Like, like I'm the guy who, like, is too busy to stop and help, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm the guy who just can, can, can think about my schedule being too full to take the time to sit down and share with somebody. And, and, and so, um, you know, I got to thinking about that. And, man, I am so grateful that there are people in my life that, that took the time. There are people in my life that recognize that they had something that I could benefit from, that there was a knowledge or there was something that I could use that could better my life. And they stopped and they took the time and they were intentional and they shared it with me. So in my life, as I read through this, I want to be that person who is willing to share. Who's willing to share, who recognizes the opportunity and shares in that moment. You think about this. Do you, do you think that uh, um, like one of Billy Graham's early mentors as a teenager understood th- what would happen? You know, they're sharing these little bits and nuggets of information. Do you think they had any idea the fruit that would come from that? You think about some of the other great church leaders in the past. You know, they came, everybody starts at the same place. And somebody poured into them. Somebody took the time to share with them. And so do you think that any of them had a clue what these people would grow up to do? And so I think what we need to take away is, yes, we need to always be learning, but we need to be willing to always share. Because you never know what it could mean. You never know the impact that it could have in somebody's life. Number one. Always be learning. Number two, always be sharing. And third, and finally, always be leading. Always be leading. Now, in this story uh, in in Acts here, um, what we find is uh, Philip had knowledge that he was willing to share. He was intentional about sharing it. And we come to this place where there's uh, an opportunity that arises, and that's what I want to kind of look at together uh, in Acts 8.35. And verse 35 says this, Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture. So they're reading in Isaiah together, and so Philip starts there, and he told him the good news about Jesus. So he's witnessing to him. He's sharing the gospel of Jesus with this Ethiopian. And 36 says this, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And so in that moment, there was an opportunity for Philip to lead this Ethiopian into his next step. We talk about next steps here a lot. It's a common phrase that we use here at church because all of us are are constantly looking to take the next step. 
As Christians, as believers, we want everybody to be constantly taking a step closer, becoming more like Christ. That's the whole goal every day. What is the next step for me? And so, uh, you know, for some, it's it's you're getting saved, and that's your next step. And then if you've been saved, your next step is baptism. And then what's the next step? So we talk about that a lot. And here, Philip, you know, he's done what the Lord said, right? He went, and he walked down the road, and he got close to the chariot, and he shared that that, that, that knowledge that he had and helped uh, this Ethiopian come to a faith in Christ. And in that moment, Philip didn't say, that's not my job. Like, I did what God told me to do. He didn't say, I don't want to do that. You know, maybe go find uh, a priest somewhere or I don't know. I don't want to get in that dirty water, whatever. Like, he didn't say that. Philip recognized the opportunity that was before him to help lead the Ethiopian into his next step, to guide him into his next step. And so for all of us, if we'll commit to learning and and, and growing in our understanding of the word and of God's character, and if we'll make intentional effort to begin to share that, then there's going to be times, not every time, but there's going to be times where the opportunity arises for us to help lead that person into the next step. Maybe you get to share what Jesus means in your life and you get to help lead somebody in a prayer of salvation. Or maybe you get to have the conversation with somebody who, who is newly saved and excited about Jesus and you get to help guide them and lead them into their next step, which is baptism. Or maybe you get to offer uh, a resource for marriage counseling to somebody who's struggling in their marriage. Or maybe you help guide somebody into rehabilitation or counseling for an addiction that they have. Or maybe whatever. The point is, is being willing, being intentional about helping to lead others into their next steps. I can think of so many examples in my own life where somebody took the time to not only just tell me something, but help walk me through and to guide me and to lead me into that next right step. And so, you commit it to learning. Always learning. And when you've decided that you're going to be intentional about sharing what you know with others and and allowing God to show you uh, opportunities for you to do that, I believe that you can also lead others and to me man that's where it's all, that's what it's all about there's no pile of money there's no uh, a high that this world can give uh like when you know that you've been used by god to help lead somebody down their next step and here's the thing you don't know the impact that it could have it is an eternal investment that you have no idea how great, how grand it could be. This story, um, you know, it's funny because uh, we don't really hear much about Ethiopia in the Bible, right? We don't really know what happens after this, to be honest. Like, we don't know, did he forget all about Philip? Did he tell anybody about his baptism? Did he get back to Ethiopia and go back to some old, you know, standard We don't know exactly, but I love to think if, uh, if you don't know, Africa has quickly become uh, a predominantly Christian uh, continent. 
And uh, if you go back and you look at the, the beginnings of that, 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 that movement across Africa, it all centers and began in Ethiopia. For, for centuries, Ethiopia was one of the only Christian nations in the continent of Africa. And over time, it has spread. And, and, and recently, Africa is, uh, I believe, uh, over 50% Christian now. And so I love to think that this that movement all had its roots in this conversation. That Philip being willing to simply share his knowledge and help the Ethiopian uh, uh, on his next step, that, that there began something that now millions, if not hundreds of million, uh, millions of people in Africa have been impacted by over centuries because Philip was learning, always ready, always learning, always growing in his understanding because he was willing to share what he knew and he was willing to lead. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning and let me pray over you as we, as we finish up today. Always learning, always sharing, always leading. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, God. Thank you for uh, everybody that's here, God. Obviously, if they're here, God, there's a desire there to, to know more of you, to know more of your word, God. So I just pray that you begin to reveal your word like never before, God. May they see you clearer than they've ever seen you before. God, it's our prayer that, that this week you'll remind us of your word, God, that, that uh, uh, you'll, you'll uh, reveal those opportunities for us to share what you've shown us. And that we'll be willing to uh, look for those uh, opportunities and opportunities to lead people into their next steps, God. And so just challenge us this week. Bring it to our remembrance and, and let us uh, uh, see uh, what you can do uh, with us in, their, in your life, God. So I just pray for each and every person as they go out this week, God, keep them. Uh, and we're excited for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen.